Cuphead and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here on a Tuesday morning. Quite sunny out there. Hope you're having a good day. And to start off today, we have a voicemail from Colin at Spike Pit. Take it away, Colin. Hi, Glenn. It's Colin Spike Pit. Yeah, enjoyed your latest episode. Uh, I totally agree with everything. Once again, we're singing off the same song sheet. I think I've decided the best thing to do with source material. I mean, I'm never going to stop buying all this stuff. Uh, I just, I love to see what companies are producing and other creators are doing. And I think my best, I can't run the stuff. So I think I'm just going to read these things for enjoyment and then use that to kind of let it percolate through my mind for a little while and then just create my own settings and my own worlds using these things as inspiration. I'll, I'll give up trying to run from Wizards of the Coast and Forgotten Realms. There, there is too much information, but I can distill it down to my own format and jobs are good. And so there we go. Cheers, mate. Take care. Thank you, Colin. You bring up a good point. I'm glad you agree with me on most of this. And a lot of people don't realize, or some people don't realize, that half the GM's job is translating things into their own terms, into their own words. If you're using a pre-published module, that's why you read through it to see how it goes, and also how you can adapt it to whatever you're doing and your voice. Every GM has a voice, a feel, things like that. And whether it fits well or not, you want to find out. If you've written it, then that's another story. You're already writing in your world, your voice, whatever you want to call it. Because it's all an adaption. It's all adapting it to your game, your players, your campaign. So you have to kind of distill it, as he said. Distill it into what's important to you, what's important to the campaign and the players. So that's that's a good thing. Thank you, Colin. That was really, really informative and helpful. And if anybody wants to write me or voicemail me, you can voicemail me here at Anchor. Or you can write me at oldmangrognard at gmail.com. I'd be glad to listen to you. Anyway, I want to talk today about adversarial games. And it's not so much adversarial, it's more like what kind of influence the GM has on the game. Which is quite a lot. A lot of people say power, but it's not really the power thing. It's more like you're playing the rest of the world... And the rest of the world has a great impact on people because people are people and why should it be? Blah, blah, blah. But it's a reflection of another world with other people living in it. And what I'm trying to get at is I really don't care for games where it's players versus DM or DM versus players. I don't like them. I like a more cooperative game. Because I don't see it as an us-versus-them thing. It's not that kind of game. If I was playing a board game, if I was playing Monopoly or Battleship or something like that, I can understand. But this is not that game. Now, that being said, the Game Master has a lot of leeway in the game. They have a lot of 
clout and pull. And the players know that. The players control their destiny. You have to control the workings of the rest of the world. So you try to empower the players as much as possible while still remaining somewhat neutral and following whatever story arc that's going on, whatever the players do, and react. That's not an easy thing to do. It's a tennis match. They ask questions, you answer, they do things, you react. The world reacts, I should say. But here's what I'm trying to get at. I'm not really for killer GMs. Because they take the adversarial thing way too far, as far as I'm concerned. You know, tricks, traps to kill characters. I I don't put notches on my GM screen for how many characters I killed, things like that. What's more fun than killing characters is almost killing characters. And it's not you doing it, it's the world. But it's the world and, and stupid player character decisions, but that's beside the point. Uh, (laughs) So what I'm trying to get at is, example, my grandson in my 5e game, he managed to get himself killed. At least we think he's killed because we were in tomb annihilation and he managed to get himself teleported into a room with 84 clay golems and a sarcophagus. He messed with the sarcophagus and made, first he made some noise, then he messed with the sarcophagus and they all tried to attack him. Now, what, what Carlos the DM did was he had all this happen at the end of the session, the previous session, and left it on a cliffhanger. Well, it turns out when we came back because of the decisions he ended up, we're, 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 we're leaving him for dead, let me put it that way, because we don't know, because he got teleported somewhere else and we don't know what happened to them to him. Well, my younger grandson, Gavin, is now playing in that game. He's playing a dragonborn sorcerer, and he kind of got himself in the same situation at the end of the game. And it was late enough where he would the, the DM just turned to him and said, we'll get to you later, because it was like 50 minutes before we were going to end and things like that. I like ending on cliffhangers like that. Because it gives you, if you're playing like weekly or semi-weekly, it gives you all that time to figure out what's going to happen to the character. It gives you plenty of time to figure it out. That's why I say I like to almost kill characters. I like to put them in dangerous situations like a serial, like an old-fashioned movie serial. And will they escape? Won't they escape? Let's f- You'll find out next time, you know? And then you get all that time to figure out the next time. And when you come back... I like to have a couple of loopholes where they can actually have a chance of surviving, but I also leave enough room for player action. Maybe they can figure out how to get out of it themselves. Who knows? And, you know, if they do take the right decisions, if they do the right things, they will kind of, you know, work with you on getting themselves out of a really bad situation. If not, they die. That's the way it goes. It's fun trying to get them out of a situation like that. So killing characters willy-nilly to me is never fun. But putting them in a situation dangerous enough that they could get killed. I mean, that's the whole point of the game, really. It's adventure. And adventure involves risk and danger. And you can't get much more dangerous than this. 
If nothing else, this is going to break them of the habit of walking into a room by themselves without the party. Because he got himself in a situation where my younger one was trying to find out what this Egyptian sarcophagus was all about without walking on the floors, which trigger traps. And he ended up trying to teleport out and ended up teleporting into another part of the dungeon. Oh, well. That's the second time that happened. You'd think they'd learn. But he will. He's only 12. So, <laughs> so we left it until next week, and we're going to find out what happened to him. This should be interesting. See, you want to put characters into that situation through their, if they're hoisted, what they call hoisted by their own petard, which means they make a bad decision, they got to deal with it. They get caught in their own whatever. I mean, yeah, teleport. Okay, he wanted to teleport out because he thought that there's a, he found that there's a force wall between him and the door where everybody else was. So I'll teleport out. Well, we all know now, <laughs> watching what happened to my older grandson's character, we all know now that it's probably not a good idea in the Tomb of Annihilation because apparently there's a chart that every time you teleport, you don't know where you're going to end up. In other words, even if it's regular teleport and you can see the exit, and I say, I want to teleport there, that doesn't mean you're going to get to the exit. So that was probably a bad idea. I mean, he may have been in a no-win situation. I don't know. But at least he had. He, at least he tried to get out of it. I mean, he was standing there. He flew over to that thing, and he was sitting there, and he was throwing. He has like, He's like level 16 because he, you know, he joined us at level 16. So... So he had a ton, a ton of spells. He kept throwing at them, and we're all going, oh, you're going to use all your spells up here in this room, in the middle of the Tomb of Annihilation. Fine. And he, he used up about half of them, and it's like, okay, fine. I'm going to get out of here. Poof, where am I? And we had to leave him like that. We really did. Anyway, try and put your characters in situations. To, to sum up, try and put your characters in situations where they could die, but don't kill them. If they want to kill themselves, if they want to make bad decisions and kill themselves, that's up to them. But don't push the matter. Just put them in the situation and, or rather, they, they, you don't even have to put them in the situation most of the time. They'll put themselves in the situation like they did here. And, you know, let, let, let chance happen and you get all that time to come up with stuff if you want to come up with stuff. And they've got that time to think about it, too. So when you two get together, you may have a couple of loopholes you want to try, but it's all contingent upon the player character's actions. Actions. Always try to make them be the instrument of change. Because they're the ones in the adventure, and the world reacts accordingly. That's not mean you don't have any say in it, but that's the way the mop flops. So, anyway, I'm going to go out and start my day. I hope you people have a great rest of the day and week and month and year and until i see you next time keep the dice warm and i'll talk to you later bye-bye questions comments send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com we'll see you next time when radio grognard is on the air